Well, welcome back, Ugnots and Jawas. Uh, I am your host, Caleb Keller, and I'm joined alongside my brother tonight, Jacob Keller. And we're playing that classic game where we're laughing at each other, so we're having to look away uh, to avoid laughing <laughs> so hysterically that that's all you hear throughout the intro. Yep. What's up, man? That's who he is, and that's <laughs> who I am, you know. I am the co-host today. Um, it's, yeah, you are. It's good to be here. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, so we're continuing our rewatch series. Me and Jacob just sat down and we watched Chapter 2, The Child, together. We had quite a bit of laughs watching this episode. <laughs> yeah. I forgot how enjoyable it was to see some disintegrating Jawas, <laughs> but I think we'll talk about that some more here in a second. Uh-huh. Um and after we do the child rewatch, so we decided to do the child rewatch discussion first. And after we finish that, we are going to discuss all of that Entertainment Weekly Mandalorian Season 2 preview scoops that we just got in the middle of the week. Yes, sir. We got some juicy tidbits. Yes, we did. And we got some nice, good-looking looks into that Season 2 with those incredible shots that they put alongside with that. Yeah, now there's we'll also there's also two more things to discuss with news. So there's quite a bit of Star Wars buzz going on right now, both positive with the season two of The Mandalorian coming, and also a little bit negative with some more sequel kind of issues. <laughs> I don't know if you read yep. it, read the notes or oh, I did. Okay, so you're ready <laughs> for what we're going to be talking about there yeah. eventually. Okay, yep. well let's start off on a happy note. We are now into our second week of the rewatch series where we're digging into The Mandalorian. We're going back to season one. We're taking it week by week, chapter by chapter, and it's leading up perfectly to October 30th when we're finally going to get to see season two. So we'll be f- ready to go, and we would have seen every single one of them perfectly right there by October 30th. So hopefully you're joining along with us uh, I know it's kind of hard once you watch one of them. It's kind of hard to just stop. Yeah, it is. Uh, but if you're wanting I wanted to, to um, when it was going to start playing, the yeah. third one right after, uh-huh. and you couldn't get it to because it was frozen for some <laughs> reason, I yeah. was okay with it. I was oh, I like, know. Well, right, let's do this. We have, we have to stay true. We have to stay true to just watching one yeah, each week. Yeah. And we're taking it one step at a time. So if you want to follow along with us, we're watching each chapter and only one chapter each week. Okay, so chapter two. What we're trying to do is pick out things that, first of all, remind us of why we fell in love with season one of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. That's not really our primary goal, but we definitely do need to still point those out because we need to remind ourselves and also the listeners why we're doing this. And we're also going to point out things that happen inside the episodes that could connect into maybe a story thread or just something interesting further down the road yeah, for things, season two of The Mandalorian. Things that we'll see, things that we think will pop back up in season two, yeah. or themes that we think will, you know, be recurring. Yeah, and really from chapter two, um, there's not a whole lot for me personally when I was watching it that I was like, well, I could see something going from that for season two. I mean, it for me, it's just one of those episodes that sets up the theme of the show. Like, right. I told you immediately, like, we were, what, two or three minutes into the episode, and I'm like, the this is theme. a Western Star yeah. Wars 
so show. that's and one thing that, that hard. I, yeah, that's one thing that I think we're gonna keep seeing. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And I think that's what gave this show its interesting and different kind of feel. Yeah, um, that's why people loved it. Yeah, and we all we talked about in our first go at reviewing chap uh, series season one um, back a year ago almost now how it was very similar to the original trilogy as far as that or at least a new hope feeling that western vibe feels like with the sequels there isn't really much western to it i mean you get hints at it sometimes here and there but i feel like star wars kind of went away from that western feel a little bit but this chapter chapter two the child brings that in hardcore and they stick with it. And like you said, I hope that they continue that vibe whenever they can in season two and beyond. Yeah, me too. So that was like my big takeaway, just immediately watching chapter two. But also, I mean, we get right into it where Mando figures out that he was just a small piece of this grand plan of trying to get the child somehow. There's so many bounty hunters out there going after this thing. And he's starting to figure that out once he had mm-hmm. to kill those Trandoshans. Well, right. actually, no, no, no. I don't think that they were killed because we see them later in the season. I think he just shocked them. Or one of them was disintegrated. One of them was killed. One yeah. of them was definitely killed. I don't know if the other one was. Right. Two. I, I can't remember. Two more. Yeah. I can't remember. But, I mean, that's why we're doing this rewatch. So we'll see yeah. eventually. Um. But, yeah, I mean, we get right into it. Mando picks up. He's battling he's showing why we enjoy watching the dude in action uh but then the first thing that i have written down here to talk about from chapter two is and like we already kind of teased it the entertainment value of jawas blowing up (laughs) and disintegrating and jawas splatting on the surface (laughs) i mean and we sound pretty dark and deep and uh horrible people right now (laughs) saying that but I don't know. We we were just laughing watching it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of hard not to laugh well, at some it's Jawas. Just, it's just hard to laugh. <laughs> hard not to laugh when a Jawas pokes his head out the window and then pulls him out and tosses him down. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I don't I know, know. We were kind of like we also grew up on Battlefront, where right. one of the uh, maps you could choose is to either be a Jawa or a Tuscan Raider. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that Man, was which one? Which one too. did you enjoy the most, being Jawa or Tuscan Raider? Mm, I think there were more more perks to being a Jawa. Honestly, yeah. See, I, I think they I remember around faster, and they could take down a Tuscan Raider easier. Yeah, I remember playing but, that, but I don't really remember like specific traits and abilities and like things that differentiated between the two man i forgot all about that but i do remember doing that could do was scream and hit (laughs) but the but the blast was really weak but a jawa could shoot him with that electric electricity blaster okay and it took him down Took a Tuscan Raider down pretty fast. Just like we see yeah. it take Mando <laughs> down really quick. Din Djarin yeah. really quick in this episode. Uh, but yeah, that, Din gets wiped out by yeah. these Jawas. I mean, they take him to school. They I mean, sweep Din the kinda, floor with him. Din kind of roughs him up a little bit. Yeah. But once he gets to the top. By tossing them down. Yeah. And they feet. splat. <laughs> <laughs> once he gets to the top of the, of the uh, 
transporter cruiser the walker walker there you go thank you i was i was looking for the word um he gets stunned and he's just and his crash is splat uh but yeah, yeah, he got owned That'll by the knock Jawas. The out of you. And I know there was some pushback initially with that. Like people were like, "Really, a Mandalorian's gonna get beat up by some Jawas?" But man, I thought it was brilliant. I yeah, it was me fun. too. And Star Wars is about being fun, so let's not be so serious. <laughs> you know, um, you but, know, me too. And I think that's realistic. I mean, they've got the upper hand in that situation. Oh, for sure, they have. They're the high inside, ground. yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, they're inside this giant metal fortress, right. like then called it. Right. Uh, they got the upper hand, and I think it's realistic for them. Yeah, and show him get getting handed by some Jawas, and so they get away with all of his or a lot of his parts from his ship, the Razor Crest, and Mando ends up going back to Quill. Mm-hmm. And he's like, they took all my stuff, and Quill's like, all right, let's go make a trade with them. And Mando's like, no way, uh, you know, I don't trade with Jawas. It's my kind of, it's my stuff. They have a reputation for being cheaters, right? Right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and we see that in the uh, original trilogy too. Right. Like, so um, again, that's just another piece of this chapter that makes you just feel at home. Like, yeah, this yep. is Star Wars. Yeah. And then as soon as you see those Jawas, you're taken back to a new hope. Yep. I mean, it's hard not to be. <laughs> uh, but the next thing that I wanted to point out was his line when he says, weapons are part of my religion. And I know that's just a, a cool line in general, but I think there's a lot more to that than we've kind of looked into in the past. Obviously, I, I would say weapons are an extremely important piece to Mandalorian culture. Oh, yeah. And we're definitely getting more of that in season two. So mm-hmm. there's your connection of that one line to the next seasons. I mean, yeah. it's hard to ignore that. We're we're obviously going to get some more of that. Right. But just those one-liners that we see here and there remind you of what makes that culture so interesting. Oh, yeah. And that's another theme that we're saying that we're going to see in season two. No doubt. Is more depth into... The Mandalorians yeah. themselves. And I hope we get like more than we did in season one. Yeah. And it I don't know how you feel. Do you feel like we got a lot in season one or barely scratched the surface? Lot. See, I thought we, we got, got a, a lot. lot too. <laughs> and I <laughs> if think you go back to what we knew before the Mandalorian. Right. We got a lot. True. And I think that'll be revealed more and more to us as we continue this rewatch. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, before we move forward. Suka still is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, in the scene where Din Djarin is inside the cruiser and he's barely fitting in it. Yeah, yeah. And this Jawa just turns his head and looks at him and goes, Suka! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just dying. Anytime yeah. the Jawas make any gestures or get excited, and the line where still it's hilarious when there's, they're like, you sound like a Wookiee. Uh-huh. Hilarious. Yeah, the Jawas yeah. made this episode. They did. In my they opinion. Did. And I was worried earlier today. I was thinking to myself, you know, I don't really remember a lot happening in chapter two. And really a lot doesn't happen. So I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm afraid that when I revisit this that it's not going to be as awesome as I remember it. Because obviously the first time watching it, I was just excited to see it. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. And yeah, I was no. worried that it was going to be no. the case because... 
I mean, really, it was just Jawas, but man, the Jawas crush it. Yeah. And I enjoyed watching it. I think it's just that it seems like it doesn't, it doesn't go as many, how did you put it? It doesn't, it doesn't uh, have as much going on because the plot isn't taken so many different places. Right. It takes you from, you know, Dan gets to his ship, he meets the Jawas, and he does the th- the egg thing, the right. suka for them. Yeah. And he gets back to his ship. Yeah. But <clears throat> but it's that that story in between. Right. That's what makes it awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and that's something that we as Star Wars fans are starting to get more used to. Like obviously with Clone Wars and Rebels and even Resistance if you got into that one. TV shows have those episodes where they're slower paced Mm -hmm. and that's the benefit to having tv shows is you have so much room to just breathe and enjoy and put yourself in the situation and like this episode like we said earlier i mean western they're walking literally probably half the episode yeah but you love every second of it (laughs) and it's hard whenever the the show is coming out like so say when season two comes out and we get an episode that's like this, it's hard to not be in the moment, be like just a little bit disappointed because you just want to see so much like important stuff happen as soon as possible. Yeah. But you I don't always think have to. With the first episode. Oh, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. But like you always have to just step back and realize okay, this is a TV show. These small little details are eventually going to pay themselves tremendously off. And that's something that. Oh yeah. I always try to remind myself with watching these. But let's get into the final point that I have well, here. Well, hey, um which I want to say okay. that you know, those details are what a lot of what makes this episode so great. True. And um, you know, one of the things that I liked about this episode when I first watched it was that view into Jawa life. Yeah. You know, like Jawa culture kind of. <laughs> yeah. No, that's um, fair. More than just them stealing robots and selling them <laughs> off for exorbitant prices, yeah. you know, we got to see how how they value this suka, like right. it's cocaine to them, <laughs> and Basically. we got to see I don't know, like how they'll sit down and trade with someone. You know, we didn't right. really get to see that in A New Hope. Oh no, um, not really. They they were kind of just set up like a business booth. Right, but here we get to see them like sit down and have this like very kind of like a. It's almost like Middle Eastern the way that people, you know, sit on the ground. Right, and everyone you know just deals with each other mm-hmm. on that very basic level. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I really like that. Um. Yeah. And I think we'll see more of that. Because we saw more of that in the first season mm-hmm. of The Mandalorian, where we got to see cultures of normal groups of people in the galax- in Star Wars galaxy right. that we didn't really get to see yeah. in the movies. But in this show, we got to see the way that people live, the way that normal people do their thing. Right. And I love that about The Mandalorian. Yeah. And I hope that we see more of that. No. I hope that's another theme that we see. Yeah, I think that's something at the heart of The Mandalorian that I hope that, as as the show, not, not the people, as the show for The Mandalorian, I hope yeah. that they keep 
as a focus is allowing the show to breathe. And yes, I agree. Like I'm excited to eventually see these big time characters that we know come back. Mm-hmm. Like that'll be great. But I also want them to stay grounded in the fact that you know season one was such a breath of fresh air because oh, we yeah. got to see all this kind of different, slower paced but still eventually important kind of stuff. Yeah, that for made sure. us enjoy these brand new characters finally. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. All these small things that we get in this episode. And throughout season one, I hope we see in season two. Now, let's finish off our chapter two rewatch discussion with something really big. So we've been saying chapter two has been kind of slower and more like, oh, here's Western Star Wars. We're back. Mm -hmm. You know, just enjoy it while we're here. Let's be slower paced a little bit. But man, at the end, Din finally gets to where the suka is, the egg. He battles this Mudhorn, and again, Din is getting owned at this point. But this is where the big thing happens, and it really reminded me of how shocked I was when I saw it the first time. The child lifting the Mudhorn off the ground, it literally taking all of his strength away. But man, the music that was playing when that happened was great. Oh yeah, like, I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. But, but yeah, that reveal of the child being force sensitive is probably—I mean, it's obviously the biggest takeaway of chapter two. Hence, why it's called the child, probably. <laughs> but <laughs> we're definitely gonna see more child force abilities. Oh yeah, in the future, and I think definitely in season two, we're gonna see the child more able to handle the force abilities to carry on instead of like falling asleep like he did right i think we'll see that in season two yeah for sure more um more adept at his abilities there's the fancy word i was looking for (laughs) but yeah any additional thoughts on the child's force sensitive reveal and chapter two the child in general we're definitely gonna see more of you know the force in season two. Yeah, man. Um, that's be what, cool. yeah. The Force is what makes me always the most excited about yeah. Star Wars. Do you think we'll see more Jawas? <laughs> I mean, they'll definitely be to the side at yeah. some point. Kind of like they are in almost like every movie. In almost every <laughs> single one, yeah. <laughs> every Star They're Wars thing they throw out now is <laughs> Jawas to the side somewhere. Uh-huh. Now they, instead of just yellow eyes, they also have red eyes and next is going to be purple eyes and <laughs> everything well, else. Well, weren't they red in A New Hope? See, I thought that originally they were yellow. Let's look this up. Okay. Because I, I believe me and Nolan were talking about this a couple weeks ago was what color are the eyes in the in A New Hope? And I believe they're not red think they're a little bit yeah they're more yellowish or okay. orangish okay so yeah i guess jawas on different planets have different colored eyes that's the only difference hmm. and maybe okay so i'm looking at we're looking at this picture here it looks like tatooine jawas's gowns are a little bit lighter browned while the jawas we just saw in chapter two were a little bit darker browned i mean i'm just pulling random like maybe just a hint difference <laughs> but other than that it's it was the classic Jawa that we got to see in chapter yeah, two. Yeah. So I loved the chapter. 
Um, we get a perfect tease at the very end with the child waking up from his deep sleep. And we're ready to go for chapter three next week. So okay. hopefully you come back to Mando Talk next week to hear us rewatch and review and hopefully speculate and discuss what's coming next in season two based on chapter three next week. So stay tuned. Yes, sir. You want to come back. We're going to continue that rewatch series uh, with you. So follow along at home. And man, I am so excited that we finally get to put the Mando back in Mando talk soon. Yeah. So excited. Okay. Let's get into (laughs) the Mandalorian. So we're moving into our, here's some recent star Wars news pieces. And this first one was huge. It, I saw it at work in the morning and I stopped what I was doing and I looked at the tweet. I looked at the pictures. I didn't really have a chance to read the article fully just because my life has been that busy. So like Mm -hmm. currently, so I feel I just got like the big pieces to discuss from Twitter, from people that have more time than me, uh, that we're going to talk about. So entertainment weekly, had their season two Mandalorian piece where they're getting everybody hyped up and amped up and giving them an exclusive look into season two of the Mandalorian. And I've got four huge takeaways that we're going to talk about. Now, these four takeaways that we're going to talk about are not the only takeaways from that article. So let me give credit where credit is due. Go check out Entertainment Weekly's article on season two of the Mandalorian because you're going to get a lot of cool things in there. Maybe even more cool things than the things that we talk about. Now, the first thing that I want to talk about, Gina Carano, the actor for or actress for Cara Dune. Regarding the rumors of characters coming to season 2, she says some of them are true, some are not true. So we've heard rumors Ooh. of Boba Fett. <laughs> we've heard rumors of Captain Rex. Yeah, Ahsoka Tano, Cobb Vanth, and I believe that's it. Unless you can think of another one, that's that's all the you know. If if there are any others, then those four I think are the most significant. The ones that people are like, oh, watch out for this. Yeah. Okay, so of those four, which ones do you think Gina? is referencing is not true. Um, I think probably not true is definitely Ahsoka. Not true. Yeah. You think Ahsoka. Yeah. Interesting. And <laughs> I, okay, I just thought of one that we forgot. Bo-Katan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's true. I think, think so? sh- her story matches perfectly with what this show is setting up. Hmm. I would say of that list, I could wait for Captain Rex and Ahsoka until season three. Right. Like, I would rather focus more, I think, with the other options of Boba Fett, Cobb Vanth, and Bo-Katan, you can focus more on Mandalorian culture. Oh, yeah. So, for me, and I know all of you, like, Ahsoka and Rex lovers out there are probably going to be mad that we're saying this. You know, like me. For me, those two, I can wait on. Yeah, and me too. Okay. Because I think that if we go headlong into the Jedi, more of the Jedi thing here in season two, then what are we going to have to wait for in season three? True. You know, 
because then Luke Skywalker that would be Han Solo. Yeah, you know, but <laughs> We're have I don't to get to that. You know, point, I don't I think we would. I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. So you know, what is is Baby Yoda gonna find his destination, his people Already? in season two? I don't know. Nah. I mean, that is the final kind of command that the ar- the armor gives Din Djarin is to take the baby, take the child to his yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. But, but I, see, I don't want to see it happen. And see, we also still have quickly. we still have to have Din Djarin run back into the Mandalorians again. Yep. That left from underground to find a new location. Mm-hmm. That's still a plot point that's out there. I agree with you. I think I think the Jedi needs to be kind of later. I don't think it should be season two. Right. I would rather us still kind of establish the Mandalorian lore and culture before going back into a culture and lore that we're more familiar with. Right. Or let's, you know, like put in snippets and tidbits of, you know, who the Jedi are and what they mean, especially what they mean to the Mandalorians. Right. Um, And, you know, bring... You know, Din handing off Baby Yoda. Yeah, bring that closer by throwing those in. You right. Know? It's yeah. I just see like a lot of potential for them to extend this show a little bit longer, and I just don't want them to rush through those things. Yeah. No. So like him meeting back up with the Mandalorians and getting more Mandalorian lore, they throw threw out a bunch of like we. I don't really like the New Republic, and I don't. I haven't been to the core kind of hints mm-hmm. that I would love for them to explore. Going back to the core finally and seeing Coruscant and all those familiar places, and then yeah, him meeting up with the Jedi eventually. I mean, that's three really intriguing and really cool points, and I'm sure there's more. I just don't want them to rush into showing all three of them super super fast. Right. Like, again, like we said with Chapter 2, with the child, let the show breathe. That's what made Season yeah. 1 so perfect. Yeah. Is we were able to just explore this new show. Okay, let's move into our second point. Giancarlo Esposito gives Moff Gideon updates. This is always fun. He's been talking a lot oh, yeah. lately. <laughs> He's been giving a little bit of tidbits here and there. Uh-huh, and his tidbits are always... Oh, yeah, they're... They're intriguing. <laughs> he he knows the things to say that don't cross the line. Yeah. But give you some info mm-hmm. still. <laughs> All right, so here's what he says. I'll be going toe to toe with Mando. It's an iconic battle. I want to disarm him mentally as well. Who knows? Maybe there's an opportunity to get him to fight some battles for me. That last line is really intriguing for me oh yeah like i don't what does that mean man (laughs) what does that mean yeah like what scenario is din jaren gonna fight for moff gideon hmm or do things for him well what what came to my my mind when i read that was like maybe sowing sowing seeds of distrust within din against his allies Basically. Okay. So if he makes friends, you know, like with Cara Dune and um, with uh, Grief Karga. Right. You know. Speaking of which, he looks great. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> but if he makes um, other allies, you know, we don't know who that would be just yet. Right. But especially if they were, 
I don't know. That's just kind of what I thought was, you know, sowing seeds of distrust within Din to kind of make him distance himself from his allies and make him isolated so that he's easier to get after. Yeah. No, I I can see that for sure. It's just... But it could be something even bigger, you know? Yeah. It could be some... Ooh, this is another thing I thought. It could be, um, you know... Moff Gideon could be like, you know, this isn't who you are. Remember what you used to do. Remember right. how easy and profitable that was for you. Yeah. Why are you taking care of this kid? He's only <laughs> holding you back. Yeah. You know? No, I can Doing see stuff that. stuff like angle. that. Him playing, yeah, playing ankles and getting them. Yeah, okay. I, I see kind of what you mean now. And mm-hmm. it, it's probably going to be something along those lines. I just can't wait to see the specifics. It's yeah. going to be really interesting. Now, or it could be something even deeper, like, yeah. I don't know, like <laughs> getting Din to somehow mess with the New Republic, you know? Man, that would be that would be a lot to explore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but while you were saying that, a couple things kind of came to mind that aren't in our notes real quick. Uh, we're, we see some things that hint at Tatooine. Uh-huh. Coming back, yeah, uh, with the Tuscan Raider, um, and it looks like Mando <laughs> is on a speeder. Morning breath. <laughs> yeah, okay, so he's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> inside joke. <laughs> uh, we see Mando zooming through on a speeder, which kind of looks like Tatooine. Yeah, which again, in front of a building that looks a lot like Tatooine. Hints at the Boba Fett rumors. Mm-hmm. Or def or at least Cobb Vanth, one of the two. So I don't know, man. And okay, and then I, I just thought of another thing that was in the article that I don't have written down. It talks about how kind of in the midway point of the season, it kind of shifts gears a little bit. And John Favreau specifically says hmm. that he realizes. And I don't remember if this is exactly from the Entertainment Weekly article, but it, it came out around the same time in another interview or in the Entertainment Weekly article. He says he specifically like was talking about how Game of Thrones opened up and became like different storylines that all eventually came yeah. together. Yeah, and he him bringing that up makes me think that because when he said at the halfway point of the season, it kind of shifts gears a little bit. It makes me think, like, are we breaking apart here to where some episodes are going to be focused on Mando and other episodes might be focused on, for example, Ahsoka. And I I know that's Hmm. a far stretch because it's the Mandalorian, so we should see the Mandalorian every episode. Yeah. Um, But him saying that really got me thinking because we know, we just said earlier that Ahsoka being introduced into this while all this Mandalorian culture stuff is fresh on our minds seems like something they could save. But a way to put it in there already would be kind of those two different story threads to where they eventually work them themselves together. Hmm. But him just saying that like in the midway point of the season, it shifts gears a little bit and that he specifically mentions Game of Thrones and how their storyline was produced really had me thinking and also those of you that are familiar listener to the show gets me excited because i love game of thrones and you're thinking over there so so what are are your thoughts 
I am pondering deeply <laughs> over here. I'm just trying, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what that could mean. A um, lot. Hmm. It makes me wonder if, you know, that midpoint, it goes from Dan is, you know, on that mission to try to find the a Jedi. Yeah. Um, but something happens midway where uh, Moff Gideon really, you know, he's like, all right, I'm going to strike now and really ruffle mm-hmm. his feathers, you know, okay. something like that. Sure. Like, he's been letting Din go out, but he's been keeping his eye on him because, you know, yeah. he's an Imperial. Right. And, you know, probably has a lot of intelligence. <laughs> true. <you know? laughs> Very true. Um. I mean, like intelligent agents, like spies yes. and stuff. Yeah. Um. And I don't know. That's just got me thinking about that. Yeah. Or it could. I don't know. <laughs> There's <laughs> a know? lot of different possibilities. Yeah. Now let's go ahead and keep talking about like some things that Favreau says in this article. Uh, Favreau confirms that season two will be made up of eight episodes, just like yeah. season one. But he says that there's quote unquote probably even variation in episode lengths this year. So, each episode is going to be the same length, or close to the same length, is what I'm getting from that quote. Probably even variation in episode lengths this year. Oh, when I read that, I thought... See, that I thought it was, initially when I read it, it was like probably even more variation in episode lengths this year. How are you reading it? Maybe that's, I'm that's reading it That's how I read it. Okay, yeah. So that's what I thought too, but I looked at the quote again and I was like, are we sure that it doesn't say probably even more? Yeah. But uh, when I read it, I was like reading it like you thought that I will, made a typo. <laughs> there will probably even, you know, there will probably be <laughs> wait. <laughs> there will be probably even variation in episode lengths this year. You know? Yeah, there you go. There's probably even variation. Same length. <laughs> <laughs> Man, do I need it to look up this quote? Way. It could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to figure out or get to the. We're not English majors, you know what? You know what? We're not spending time on this. All we know is yeah. John Favreau is saying that. First of all, I do think that eight episodes are going to be an even kind of closer to each other length. Because in season one, some of them were thirty minutes, some of them were forty, forty something. Hmm. I think they're going to stick to hopefully. More toward the 40-something. Yeah, me too. But, so, if you read it as probably even more variation, does that mean that there could be some episodes where it's 30 minutes and some episodes where it's an hour? Like <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I thought that the emphasis in that was on even, you know. There will probably even... <laughs> I don't know. But the word more is not in that quote, at least in my notes. Man, maybe I misquoted it. Quote. I don't know. It would really help if we had like the beginning part of that sentence. Yeah, you know? it would. It would. <laughs> listen, man. All we know is John Favreau speaking, so we need to listen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For sure. Let's keep going. John Favreau says season two will have less isolated storylines. Mm-hmm. So, so that even digs no into one's the. No, no, gonna like that. That digs into the Game of Thrones kind of ideas that we were at least talking about earlier, where it's not specifically focused on. Just one thing. 
<laughs> I thought that meant that it wasn't. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I thought that meant it wasn't going to go off to like where he's on a prison barge. You know, right? No, no, no. Like that's that. what that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. That's okay. what I'm saying. So like, <laughs> it's going to be more focused. Yeah, yeah. And with that said, because again, he talks about this whole Game of Thrones thing. There's possibility of this one storyline, big storyline, while another big storyline's going on, is going to eventually come together. I'm so trying how, to piece these so two different quotes be, together. Yeah, how's it going to be less isolated, but then like fragmentary isolated at the same time? I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I feel like I have just been made a fool because I don't know what these words mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, isolated. Definition, according to Google, far away from other places. Buildings or people <laughs> remote. <laughs> so John Favreau really, says season two. You really did that. <laughs> okay, we're having too much fun now. Okay, overall, the takeaways from Entertainment Weekly again have me really excited for season two of The Mandalorian. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll be able to read articles. <laughs> and di- <laughs> dissect them correctly yeah. <laughs> next time. Uh, again, <laughs> life is too busy for me to read these articles I feel on that. my own right now. I feel that. Um, so I'm taking these quotes completely out of context, I guess. But I think the big two takeaways from the start, the some of them are true, some of them are not true as far as the rumors, rumored characters that's really interesting to me. And Moff Gideon possibly playing Palpatine, playing Puppet Master oh, yeah. with Mando is really intriguing. And overall, I trust Jon Favreau with whatever he decides to do with the path of this show. Because Absolutely. season one, he seemed to have crushed it. So I, have, I put all faith in Favreau and Filoni's ability to get the job done. If they want to go Game of Thrones style and they want to focus on one story thread, one episode, and another story thread the next, and then somehow eventually weave them together, awesome. Do that. If they want to be more focused and only on the Mandalorian doing really important missions and getting the important things done, focus on that, awesome. I'm down for it. (laughs) Either way, I'm excited. And I can't wait to see what Season 2 brings any closing thoughts from the Entertainment Weekly, <laughs> other than we have no clue what we're saying or it's, how to follow with John Favreau? It's, it's gonna be isolated storyline, <laughs> but you know, several different storylines at the same time. At there at you once. go. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see, man. We'll have to wait and see. Okay, let's move away from the Mandalorian now, and we're getting into the negative thing. That I oh, teased at the very beginning. Yeah. Unless we're going back. <laughs> I mean, are you still just, trying to talk Mando I just want to say that if it's going to be an isolated storyline. Oh gosh, here we go. That Nono's going to like it because yeah, he really yeah, yeah. rags on and on about chapter, how much he, he... didn't like Chapter 5. Yeah. And we'll get to Chapter <laughs> 5, and I hope he's here for it so we can uh, maybe talk about how awesome it is. Yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> All right, <laughs> let's move away from the Mandalorian. We had a heavy Mando in Mando talk kind of episode tonight. But these last two things that we're going to talk about moves away, and it kind of just looks at Star Wars as a whole, uh, and specifically the sequel trilogy with this next one. Daisy Ridley said that early on in the concept of the sequels, she was connected with Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, with The Force Awakens, apparently J.J. Abrams had the plan that Rey was somehow a Kenobi. Okay, then she continued... And she said, then, mm. Ryan Johnson said... It doesn't really say that, though. What do you mean? <laughs> it just says... This is li- this is me writing down what she said in an interview. It just says connected with... Cano- Does that mean like... Right, That's that was my notes. That's not what she said. Connected. That's That was my notes, not what she said. Okay. She said uh, what I just said. <laughs> Man, you're just trying to make me look bad. Okay, <laughs> no. listen. No. Daisy Ridley said on Jimmy, I believe it was Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, one of the late night shows, she was talking to the Olaf voice actor. He was asking her a bunch of different questions about Star Wars. She was talking about how originally in the sequel trilogy, she was a Kenobi. Hmm. The Force Awakens, JJ's plan was okay. for her to be a Kenobi. Okay. Okay, then Ryan Johnson comes along, and the plan was that she was fully going to be nobody, that she was no one in particular, that she was her own character. Then she says that J.J. comes up with the idea that she's a Palpatine, which she said was awesome. But then she said a couple weeks into it, J.J. was like, well, we don't know about that anymore. Hmm. But then they go back to it, and they stick with the Palpatine kind of lineage so my takeaway from that was i'm not surprised i mean yeah isn't me that kind of like what we already suspected yeah and a lot of people are like running with this and they're like oh here's proof that the sequels weren't planned like that's been well, there. yeah we knew that we <laughs> we have known this for a while now like i don't understand why people are flipping out and question or like just it's really just been a floodgate on Twitter. Like, sequels are horrible. Blah, blah, blah. They didn't have a plan from the beginning. Blah, blah, blah. Just all that. Just yeah. reopened again. It's like pouring, I don't know, hydrogen peroxide on a fresh wound. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do we always do easy? this? <laughs> Listen, all I have oh. to say is, and I know a lot of people out there are like, well, George Lucas didn't really have a plan with the original trilogy. I mean, because Luke and Leia kiss in episode five. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people suspect that George didn't know that they were brother and sister until he started working on Return of the Jedi. Which, I mean, could be the case. Um, but here's my pushback to that, though. While George was creating Star Wars, I think that that's an okay approach. Star Wars wasn't what Star Wars is now at that time. But once now we're here where Star Wars is the way that it is, I mean, it's one of the greatest franchises of all time. Yeah. You have to treat it more with a solid plan and approach, in my opinion, now that it means so much to so many people. 
like you can't do the whole thing where well or, in production it's going to change a lot uh that's just something that's understood which yeah i get that but i still think that now that it's such an important franchise and again since it's part of the skywalker saga it needs to connect perfectly back to what george had already established mm-hmm. so while i agree things do need to be flexible because something that happens in the force awakens might be like oh well, we can play off of that and maybe change our original plan a little bit and make that even more important or stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But there still should have at least been some sort of outline as to like connections with these new characters and past yeah. characters. Yeah. And that's really all that I had to say about that. I mean, Daisy Ridley saying this stuff isn't, new information to me at least i i've always suspected that her lineage was not fully planned i mean that's very evident in the force awakens people know i mean some people went out of that thinking that she could be a palpatine but most people were like oh it's got to be either skywalker or solo and then i know some were it was like skywalker solo or leading candidates and then like palpatine and kenobi were like side candidates yeah, which apparently JJ's plan was Kenobi, but anyway, then Ryan comes along and it's com- something completely different, and it, it just seemed like the very final one was just like, okay, let's try to fix this somehow. So she's a Palpatine. So I just felt like that was already evident, and I don't know why people are getting all upset about it, but I felt like we needed to talk about it because everyone else is talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts on it? Well, well unless you want to like, I don't know. Uh, point out like my notes here and like what I said. And, <laughs> no, and I mean <laughs> I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a dogging on you. I just like I really get into sometimes like um, looking at each word and making sure that we don't infer right. No, no, no. More than what's in those words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I do sometimes. Well, <laughs> it was my poor choice in wording because it was me that wrote that note, not a quote that she said. By using the word connected. Okay. She was saying (laughs) that originally planned she was a Kenobi. So, yeah. (laughs) Cut Moving on. I got you. All right. Let's finish the show off with some positive news. Ian McGregor is talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Here's... Okay, I oh said po- I a, said positive. A, bre- a, a, dip, a big sigh. I said positive, <laughs> but I forgot that there's one negative thing to discuss. Ewan McGregor confirms that for right now it's planned as only one season, at least for now. So that's kind of negative. I mean, that's a bummer for me because I would love to see Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi as much as possible. But here's the positive. He says that he is more excited for the Kenobi series than he was for the prequels as far as like shooting it and filming it, and getting to be the character again. So, I think we're going to get an extraordinary performance from Ian McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi Oh, yeah, again. I mean, like, regardless. Yeah. He always brings an extraordinary performance in whatever he's doing. Very true, very true. Well. Um, have you seen any other movies that he's in? Oh, yeah. I don't know the names of them, but there's one. What's the one where the family's, like, it's like a tsunami I don't know. He's in he's in one of those movies where there's like a natural disaster and he gets separated from his family, and I huh. believe he's the father. 
I've never seen that one. I think he actually possibly dies. In the movie? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I could look it up, but... I mean, let's look up Ewan McGregor okay. movies, and let's see if we've seen some of these. I know he was just recently in Child's Play. Or, uh-huh. not Child's Play, Doctor Sleep. Doctor yeah. Sleep, which is Chucky, correct? No, 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 no. I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Doctor Sleep was a play on, um, here's the Jack Nicholas movie. Um, I know. The Shining. The Shining, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Doctor Sleep was a play on that. That's how that connected. But he's in that. I haven't seen it, though. Let's see. It says he's in Beauty and the Beast, the live action one. I I didn't know that. that. Christopher Robin, I've heard incredible things about that. I haven't seen it, though. Train spotting. I've heard that's a good one. Train that's spotting. one of his Oh that's way back when he was young. Yeah, I haven't seen well, it says two thousand seventeen. Um, that's probably like a sequel. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It does say train spotting too. I see that now. He's in Birds of Prey. I believe he's the villain in that. Harley Quinn's new movie. Hmm. Which is weird. I, I never really see Ewan McGregor as a as a villain. Man. He's in a lot of stuff, but I'm not seeing the movie that I'm talking about. I'm not seeing it at all. Maybe I need to search Ewan McGregor tsunami movie. <laughs> he was in another movie that I watched um, with Marley and Chris one time. Okay. And he was like a... Our sister? Yeah. Um, And he was like a... Uh, the Impossible. That's the movie. Okay. But anyway, continue. He was like a secret service agent for the British Prime Minister. And like secrets started spilling about the Prime Minister. Okay. And um, somehow he gets caught up in all of that. And at the end of the movie, he gets hit by a car that, you know, the driver had a hit out on him is yeah. what it implies. And that was a really cool movie. I gotcha. Well, all I know is... Anything that Ewan McGregor does is generally good. Yeah. And obviously he crushes Obi-Wan Kenobi, so I cannot generally wait. Generally good. No, that's good. <laughs> okay, true. <laughs> I can't wait for that Kenobi show to come out. I think behind The Mandalorian, that's my most excited thing to see. I just hope that somehow they extend it past more than one season, but I'll be okay with it regardless. I mean, Star Wars is Star Wars. They'll... they'll They'll always be pumping out something. Yep. So we've got plenty to look forward to. Thank you for being on. Yeah, my pleasure. Next week we got the Chapter 3 rewatch and hopefully a Season 2 trailer. At some point, (laughs) we'll finally get one of those. My prediction right now is Monday night during Mm. Monday Night Football. Hmm. And I hope you're right. We tweeted that out. We're bad at predictions. We tweeted that out last night that we have a feeling that the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer will be on Monday Night Football, the 14th. And our source, it was a picture of Finn, and it said, a feeling. (laughs) You know, (laughs) off of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So, look out for that. You're hearing it from us first. Mando 2 trailer, Monday Night Football. Probably not going to happen. Thank you for listening. Are you ready for some football? (laughs) We will talk about chapter three next week here at mando talk you want to send us out with nolan's go-to line 
Rest in peace, Quill. <laughs> All right. Well, we have spoken.